Kia ora to everyone at home listening. Uh, today we have our podcast guest, Miriam Eskerson, who's a recent graduate and a contemporary dance choreographer. I'm Faasu and this is... Katrina! <laughs> and we hope you're well wherever you are in the world listening. Yeah, um, cool. Well, um, I am really curious um, for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, tell us your story and um, what brought you to this point. Well, my name is Mary Meskison. I'm 21 years old and I'm from New Zealand. And I started dancing mainly through high school, actually, because I didn't get into our um, high school musical audition before. I think it was, I can't even remember what it was now, but I was very devastated. I was in year nine, so I'd find something else to do. So I am. Um, started dancing instead, decided I liked that better. And I did that throughout high school and then I trained with Identity Dance Company for a few years and then I came to Unitech and decided to focus on that while I was there. And that I graduated from that last year and now I am here living my life. Doing some things. The um High School Musical realm is very familiar to me. I also auditioned for roles that I did not get. <laughs> I think I was an extremely enthusiastic chorus member. <laughs> My first musical, I was the laundryman in Annie. So cool. I brought in clean sheets and then I Ooh. wheeled Annie off in my little basket. Yummy. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, they just kept being like, uh, you know what, why don't you just join the dance team? And I'd be like, but I want to sing. <laughs> I think yeah. in drama, um, I took drama for a while. I think I played a house once, like I was actually <laughs> a house, and then I would change and I would open my door to let people through the house. <laughs> I actually even choreographed it, like I got quite into it, but it really was, I actually played a house, so... <laughs> I think that is like something like being a performer requires an incredible amount of re resilience, you know, like in the face of not getting into the high school musical instead of being like, okay, great. I'm going to just do something else. Still went for performing arts. It's all been one very extended trip of like humiliation slash resilience. Yes. <laughs> Just seeing how how long I can draw it out for until it kind of. They're like, "What are your greatest triumphs?" And you're like, "My greatest triumphs were my mistakes, where I, I, where I fell over and got back up. That was the best." Yeah. To be honest, I actually do think that like I am in a kind of strange way, weirdly pleased with myself for being able to have like found myself in so many situations that I've been out of my depth and kind of fall on my face in front of people and then decide to keep going. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's like the most pleasant situation to be in, but to like be in that situation, know you can move through it is quite a like, nice thing to know for like future mm. situations. Yeah. Yeah, I um, had a conversation once with my aunt who's, uh, who's like in her 60s and still dancing. And it was when I was like baby dancer Katrina. And I was like, how do I become a dancer? And she was like, just never quit. You know, <laughs> like, actually, if you just never quit, you'll, you'll be a dancer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like the most, it seems so basic, but it is quite easy to forget that like, a lot of the stuff does just happen, I think, when you just stick around. Mm -hmm. Just keep, like, doing a little bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to, you, you mentioned before um, that you studied at Unitech. Did you want to talk about any <laughs> implications that got, like, studying in a tertiary institution may have had on your physical health, your mental health, relationships? I think that uh, studying at that institution or just kind of any institution was like a, a, another kind of test of just resilience and of um, being able to weather the 
the lows and the highs and kind of make your way through that more or less intact. I did, I did actually find it, especially in the first two years, to be quite difficult mentally because I hadn't really trained in any of the styles that um, we were studying and it was like a complete just 180 to kind of everything I'd ever done before and it was also a full-time course so it was like doing this like just a real jump in the deep end for me and I am not a really particularly technical dancer and I also didn't have any kind of natural like in proclivity for picking things up quickly so it was like a lot of um a lot of just kind of me flailing around <laughs> in front of like a big group of new peers and like my tutors and just kind of trying to uh tread water really for the first I would say two years of that degree but uh it weirdly it was really difficult for me mentally but it also kind of had the flip side of like kind of ingraining in me like that kind of resilience of being able to know that even if you feel like you are in like a a low place you that is always going to be temporary and like the highs are also always going to be temporary and if you can like find some way to be like calm within that um that was kind of like my big grand takeaway from from that but like yeah being there all the time and not being able to leave was definitely like doing those like Monday to Friday 9 to four thirty situations was quite long because you didn't really ever get to feel like you were separate from what you were doing so it did become kind of like an identity mm. time stuck sort mm. of thing which I found quite hard because yeah, that's the thing that like I I felt that there's no real preparation to go into full-time dancing. Mm. Like, you kind of, like, I felt like, yeah, like, when my first few days there, I was like, what's going on? Like, what is this? And, like, yeah, I was in the same boat. I'd never done a dance class outside of high school NCA. So, like, going into it where there's rigid structures and 9 to 4.30 and one thing to do, like, contemporary dance, like, it was so much for me to take on and it took so much adjusting yeah. to yeah but I don't yeah I don't know is there something out there that can help uh bridge the gap between full-time dance and I don't know I, um, I know they offer I winter think, workshops they do and I think well I mean I don't think my high school had a particularly strong relationship or any kind of communication with Unitech like the dance um, classes that I took never really opened that up as like a possibility for me. I didn't even really know that it existed until I kind of did some like research myself on what was out there. Mm. Um, and I think that there actually could definitely be a stronger link between high schools and that kind of tertiary program. It's mm. just like a matter of um, it really... I think if it started earlier, maybe even in like year 11 or 12 or something, and you kind of got to take some classes, it could be perhaps a helpful way of sort of starting to at least get an idea of what it's going to look like. Because like, I didn't really yeah. know what it was going to look like until I was like in it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. have like this weird thing in my brain, I think, where like, even if I hate something, if I've decided that I have to get to the end of it, I it's like I just have to do it. Otherwise, I'll just never be able to, like, let it go. So, like, it was, like, two weeks in, and I was hating it. And I was like, I have to get to the end of this three yeah. years. Because wow. I've decided. Mm. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if that's even really a positive thing, but, like, yeah, it was just like a matter of me deciding there was no way it wasn't going to happen. Mm. And then just yeah. like, yeah, flailing around until it was finished. <laughs> One thing that I, um, that really resonated with me w w with what you were saying is um, this like, when you enter these institutions, it's like really hard to have an identity crisis because you're like, I'm, am I just like, 
a product that is being like put together you know by like so this class is going to give me this and this class is going to give me this and then in the end i'll be like this well packaged thing that can go out into the world and it's like how do you maintain a sense of yourself or even like i mean i when i started school i was too young to maintain a sense of myself i had no idea you know so i just wonder like what how you navigated that like this identity crisis that kind of happens when we enter institutions in general yeah i mean like it's it's, it's a strange thing because it's like this you kind of get the sense that they're like breaking you down to kind mm -hmm. of build you back up into something else that is mm -hmm. closer to the kind of ideology that the the course is built around and i mean that is kind of true to whatever you really study is you're going there to kind of unlearn and then relearn mm -hmm. new things but it, i did also find that really difficult because uh because i was so new to like all of that 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 type of dancing and that way of thinking about movement and it was like my own my only portal of knowledge was this institution that kind of is hard to know how you feel about things when you're being completely immersed in in someone else's opinion of what something should be mm -hmm. or should look like and I do think I did like this weird 180 where I was like suddenly like that was like the only thing that I thought could work like the mm. way that they thought about it was the only thing that could mm. be right because I was excited about being in this like new space with these new people and learning these new things and then I think kind of as I went on I kind of started to pull back from that and I kind of wasn't the same as before I went in but I also wasn't just like mindlessly taking everything in as kind of gospel which was mm. like my first reaction to it and I think probably the only thing I could have done to really like to get me through that first part was to believe that like that I that this stuff was because it is incredible and I did mm. love my time there but I guess having a sense of identity for me has come out of like just ingesting as much like a more varied kind of creative like more varied kinds of works and like just watching a whole bunch of different things and kind of looking at different people and then also just like letting myself naturally gravitate towards what I'm interested in without mm -hmm. and like kind of letting that instinct guide me without the judgment of what what I think other people are going to think about that or if they're going to think it's interesting enough or radical enough or not radical enough and yeah just letting just taking on as much as I can and then kind of letting that sit and then moving mm. through that from a place of instinct and it helps now that I'm out of like unitech because I'm not being constantly surrounded by that all day, mm. every day. So I can kind of mm. take what I've learned from that and then let myself kind of come to the fore with it. If that mm. makes sense. Mm. Not mm. sure. No, it does. Yeah. Um, what were the relationship dynamics like um, in your experience between you and your peers and then the tutors? And how did that um, affect your mental health? I would say my relationship with my peers shifted quite a lot over the course of the three years. And there does, as you start out, there is kind of a bit of a power imbalance, I think. Not really intentionally, but there are some people coming in who spend their whole life with us moment and then there are people coming in who this is probably one of the first classes they'll ever be doing in that mm. style and so I guess the fact that there is an imbalance of knowledge within that specific field of what we're studying meant that like I did feel like I was just playing catch up for a mm. lot of the um, time that I was there and and I guess when you're working with people that does kind of inform the dynamic um but I loved 
like all the people in my class and I had really good I would say from my end um just like interpersonal relationships because I, I you kind of which was really lucky because you're spending you know five days a week <laughs> for three years with the people so you want to like them um but I would say that kind of started shifting and be became more varied as people started to kind of find their niche mm. within the you know degree of what they were interested in and I started moving more towards choreography and as I became more confident in that kind of area my relationships with different people in the class changed because we were finding ways we could complement what we were working on in ways we hadn't necessarily explored before in our first mm. kind of year and a half of just like finding our feet mm. and I think that it, with the tutors as well it kind of grew more as they started to get to know us better it kind of grew a little bit more not it was always like a relative would say a traditional structure of teacher and student but it did grow I think towards the end is kind of more of a like a informal kind of guiding thing where they would kind of really see what you were interested in kind of try and help guide you in that thing specifically rather than what it was for the first like half of the degree which was very like this is what you need to do and this is how you need to do it sort of thing so I think I quite enjoyed that growth mm. on that point mm. oh and how it affected my mental health <laughs> uh I forgot about that part um uh, it is quite tough like again the first part is quite tough when you don't feel like you are on an even playing field with these people who are in your class and I really struggled especially in all the technique classes to kind of um move past the fact that I could see that I was struggling in ways that other people weren't struggling and to not let that make me feel really awful about myself because um you know it is really hard in a I think a physical degree like that when you are literally being compared to the people who are next to you and your mm. bodies are being compared as to what they can and can't do and I think I was really lucky that I found that I just naturally gravitated towards the choreographic side of things more because it kind of gave me something to hold on to when the other stuff was really difficult but it definitely did it is still something that I would struggle with because you know it never really goes away if you're in the industry you can't really escape your body if you're working in a field that is literally about the body mm -hmm. so you know I haven't really figured it out yet yeah I think though like the the problem at the root of that is that like your body is something you should escape rather than embrace mm -hmm. and like if we if the um basis of the teaching structure is like comparing you know mm -hmm. comparing one and I think this applies mostly like to technique where like to codified techniques where it's like this is how it's supposed to be then we like are constantly comparing ourselves to what mm. it's in air quotes supposed to be like and mm. thus our body becomes something we have to like overcome rather than like go into which is just I mean I mean I don't have a conclusion to that statement it's just something that I find is often difficult in institutions where they're trying to teach in a certain direction. Um, yeah. I mean, like, it, it is so confusing because it is like a, there is like a kind of paradox to it where I did find that as I started to become more technical, I felt like I had more choices about what mm -hmm. I could do with my body choreographically. And that was really exciting for me. And I'm actually quite glad that I, forced myself to go through that experience where I did have to kind of learn or try and learn these things late in a kind of publicly mm. difficult way mm. but it, the line between that and just kind of non-constructive self 
loathing or frustration that your body is not doing things that it can't or is not meant to do is quite can get quite blurry Mm. and um when you're really immersed in that situation for a long period of time is maybe you start to lose perspective on what is healthy and what is pushing towards being able to channel your body to create things that you want to create and kind of jumping through hurdles to get there which is learning things that you didn't know before and what is just kind of you know an unhealthy way of looking at dance and Mm -hmm. yourself and life Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's necessarily one or the other there can be kind of elements of both of those things like the the positive and the negative of all of that stuff I don't think it's ever really oh actually sometimes it is one or the other but I don't know Mm. um (laughs) I wouldn't I don't really believe in binaries of actually I'm not gonna make any like concrete statements as to what I do and don't believe I actually don't know what I believe but (laughs) you do you don't believe in the binary of believing and not believing yeah Yeah. I'm confused (laughs) as put into that which is like a beautiful place to be in, I think. I think more people should be confused. It would be less. I say that <laughs> all the time. I always think about that. Is that I? It astounds me that people, that so many people can have such definitive ideas of what something is when, like, you can have multiple different experiences of a thing, and so to view everything as this inherently kind of mono situation it's like I don't know but then it also stops me from ever really having definitive opinions so probably every time you ask me (laughs) something I'll get halfway through something and then retract everything I just (laughs) which is a creative space to be in I guess Mm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) but nothing gets done (laughs) nothing ever gets done because I get confused about what I'm even meaning so who knows <laughs> oh god <laughs> did you want to speak on how COVID has had an effect on your journey or life the world yourself yeah well we graduated into this situation it kind of hit as we were starting to really lay things out so um I had I was going to be working on a film that was meant to premiere in Tempo at the end of this year and then that got shifted and the residency that I was going to work on with that has been postponed and um, I started on a development with another group of people and we planned a show and so all this stuff kind of got cancelled or postponed which sucked but I was actually thinking about this because I was reading this question last night and I I'm not grateful for the pandemic. I think it's an awful thing and I'm really upset about it. I am grateful for the fact that it kind of stopped me from throwing a bunch of ideas out into the world that were really rushed and not really fully thought through. (laughs) Uh, Because um, I think there was like a sense when I was graduating that I had to immediately prove to everyone that I was going to make something and do something and uh, be a productive human being which there's nothing wrong with making things and doing things but uh I was more concerned I think about putting something out there than what I was actually putting out there um and I had a very kind of concrete idea in my head as to what I had to what a freelancer would look like and there was Mm. the added pressure of I have not haven't really been dancing I've more been focusing on making things so that was kind of the the metric of success was how many things could I make Mm -hmm. (laughs) and none of them have been made because I couldn't make them but um I've been the ideas have really like they've been forced to kind of sit and gestate and they've matured a lot since the start of the year to now and that's just because I go to work every day and I sit there and I think about them while I'm typing up administrative reports or whatever and um, so I'm kind of grateful that I had to sit with them and mm. um, it has reinforced that I really do want to make things mm-hmm. uh, regardless of whether or not 
my output looks like I've been doing a lot of work because it doesn't really look like I've been doing anything if you think about it in terms of like a finished outcome and the only thing that I have put out was the thing that uh, I'd been making as a kind of practice run to making <laughs> all the other things that I was planning on making which is a really strange thing as well to have that out in the world because that was never really going to be like a public um, project but it's basically just postponed everything and mm. forced me to really figure out what I do want to do when mm. I am able to do the things that I already doing. You spoke about the pressure of needing to put things out straight out of uni. Um, for those of you who may not know, me and Miriam were in the same year uh, and graduated together. She's a good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> but when I came out of dance school, I was at a point in my life where I was like, well, never going to dance again, and I'm okay with mm -hmm. that. And I was ready to study teaching, um, mm -hmm. early childcare teaching, and just put dance behind me. So I didn't have that pressure to put things mm -hmm. out. Would you mind speaking on that pressure of where it came from and why it was there? Because it sounds like it, it's quite a detrimental thing to people. So if you mm -hmm. feel open to... Um. Well, I mean, a lot of that was put on myself by myself. Like, no one was really sitting me down and saying, like, Miriam, you have to make things. You are incredible and the world needs some of this Miriam stuff. <laughs> um, but I do remember, like, having people kind of in the sort of industry that we were in say, like, if you don't put, if you're not putting out, if you're not doing, like, more than two projects, if you're doing less than two projects like every six months you're not freelancing oh my and, like, god what? and then we, like, <laughs> which is not oh true god, which is 100 percent not true two projects every six months or i'm not freelancing and immediately my brain's sticking to that and i think i have always loved metrics and like more mm. concrete metrics it does help keep me kind of motivated because i tend to seem I seem to be the kind of person who either likes to be doing everything at once or nothing at all, which is mm. not, has never worked for me. So I mm. don't know why I keep falling back into that kind of pattern. But um, I think I got more encouragement as a creative person than I did. Not that I wasn't encouraged as a dancer, but I think, I always felt that uh, I was getting the sense and the kind of feedback that I was getting from people that my talents lied in that area mm. rather than as a performer or as a, um, you know, technical, virtuosic kind of person, which was fine with me. But I, you know, ha have we put a ridiculous amount of money into getting these degrees and I put mm. three years of my life into it and there was a lot of heartache that went into getting to the end of that degree and a lot of me just really doubting whether or not I could do it and I think there was a lot of pressure to show that there was some sort of outcome to that in the form of like a glittery finished fantastic piece of work that could materialize in a ridiculously short amount of time in my mm -hmm. brain and um I guess also like you know having relatives being like what are you doing now that you've graduated and and saying that you're working on stuff but unless people see things they don't really seem to you know believe that that's what you're mm -hmm. doing so I guess like the accumulation of like the kind of unspoken pressure of that and the um, the knowledge of like all of the, the resources you've put into getting even to the point where you can graduate was like um, made me feel like I just really needed to show everyone that I was going to do something with that and um, which is sad because I think I'm not sad but I do think that I genuinely love making stuff and that's what I want to do with my life and I feel really sure of that but I think that at that point that was coming from the wrong place and mm -hmm. being forced to not make things in a way or not be able to do the things that I originally planned on doing kind of reinforced that I do want to make things but um 
they're actually better when I'm not approaching them from the perspective of what other people are going to be thinking. And I don't know if I would have been able to find that out if I hadn't had just been making things again once I'd graduated purely for the sake of making them. So, mm. yeah. yeah. I think that there's this weird conception that like um, artists in any realm um, have to be like working within the same metrics and like scheduling as like other careers. So like, mm -hmm. you know, you should be putting eight hours a day, five days a week into it. And you, your success is how much money you're making out of it uh, mm -hmm. and how much recognition you're getting for it, which are the like traditionally metrics we use for other careers for careers outside of the arts and it's like the, mm. the but like what if I just say like <laughs> I mean this sounds really egotistical but like my life is my work and so everything I'm putting into my life 24 hours a day is me working because I'm going to digest it mm. and put it into a work and so having to sit down and be like okay now I start the timer and this is the productive artist time is like seems completely backwards yeah. <laughs> yeah well like I do it completely makes sense to me and I had to really learn that just by doing that or by trying to do it the way that you'd said that kind of first way which I think structure has its like time and its place and its benefits and I do utilize that kind of structure occasionally when I need to but um I was finding that when I was at work and when uh, I was kind of focusing on other things and like I was just kind of letting my brain sort of subconsciously kind of meditate on the things that I'd been like gathering, I will keep like a notebook with me and I'll like write things on my breaks and it will just kind of be this like huge like burst of like there's all this stuff just waiting in my brain to kind of get get out of itself and get onto the paper and um all of my work tends to be done in like fits and starts mm -hmm. in between me doing other activities and then mm -hmm. I kind of spend like I've been spending kind of a few months just like gathering this material and then that's kind of like like you said it's like the stuff from my life which is kind of where a lot of my art is drawn from um you can't really have that if you're not doing if you're not living at all mm -hmm. and um i really think a lot of my most interesting stuff has happened because i've let it take its time instead of trying to force it to come out of the air while i'm sitting in front of a laptop Mm -hmm. waiting for yep. these things to magically craft themselves because I want them to and yeah although like having said that I'm I am a believer in like things happening through the work of like sitting down and actually just having a good go I think it's the process of making a stone material that it kind of requires this combination of all these things that is different for every person because everyone is making something different so mm -hmm it definitely doesn't work in a kind of the same way for everyone. So I tend to actually just ignore <laughs> when people tell me art is made a specific way. I've gotten quite used to just letting that kind of slide off my back mm. now because I realize that maybe it does work that way for someone, but you can't mm. ever define a process like that because there is no one process mm. for it. Yeah. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> snapping. Um, and yeah, I guess this kind of leads into. It's a little bit of a what we've been talking about, but like, what would you consider to be a professional air quote quotes around the word professional practice? What is a professional, Miriam? <laughs> uh, I actually wrote something down. Because cool. <laughs> because you're so professional. Because we're in an essay, everyone. Let me just find it. 
you can cut out the bit about me saying that I wrote it down and just pretend <laughs> that it was all good. Alrighty. Uh, oh, I think I deleted it. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> Control oh, no. Z. Control Z. Um, I, like I said, I would say that it is so material because, you know, everyone is making something different and everyone has a different uh, objective with what they're trying to make. Uh, but I would say if you have any kind of set of values or interests um, that you are, you feel engaged with when you're making work, if you are trying to align yourself semi-consistently with those values uh, through your kind of approach to making something or um, you know, working towards making something, then I would say like quite broadly, like that is to me a professional practice and it can take on really different forms. But like, I don't know if you, if your professional practice, like if the thing that you are really wanting to do is to be able to do the splits and you stretch for five minutes every day and that is like, you want to do a small consistent thing towards getting it, then that's like a professional practice. Or mm -hmm. if you're wanting to write and you've decided you want to write a page every day and that's like all you do, then that's your professional practice. It's like mm -hmm. so different for everyone. But if you have, I think, a set of values that you are trying to align yourself with in order to achieve or not achieve or just grow closer to the, the artistic kind of world that you are trying to embody, then for me that is a professional practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Like, um, yeah, just drawing that distinction um, and drawing it away from you know, how capitalism would describe professional, um, mm. you know, <laughs> because art and capitalism should be on different islands. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I've been thinking a lot, like, uh, about how, you know, the fact that we operate under capitalism means that, of course, the art that we make, if we're trying to make money off it, is shaped by capitalistic needs or you know that framework is going to seep into everything you do if you are doing it to make money and to and to be doing something and not be needing to make money off it is a privilege as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I really enjoy I'm really enjoying making things Pure, I'm being purely from the framework of what am I most interested in and it seems to be that the way I can make that and do those things is by not putting them out into the world because it, it suddenly becomes a very different context for me mm. when I'm showing it in a public forum and trying to get I'm not sure why yet I would want people to pay attention to what I'm making and um I don't know I really hate the idea of like making art as content to be consumed because there's always such a an influx of content that it kind of loses the meaning for me why it was made in the first place mm. Mm. I think <laughs> maybe I don't know hmm. Yeah. No. I feel like I forgot what I was even talking about <laughs> about halfway through that sentence. That's okay. That's um yeah, I I do that. No. I think it's there's like um power in trying to figure out what we believe while we're talking. Um as long as we yep. do that in a way that is um, not hurtful to the people we're talking to. Um, you know, and as long as we have the ability to be like, oh wait, actually no, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> you can just yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if I believe that. I think my what I make is taking such like a huge shift over like this past three years. A lot mm -hmm. of that because of the fact that I went through this really intensive like training process 
that like now suddenly we're kind of in the world and we're trying to figure out why we make what we make and where it came from and what our interests are and also suddenly feeling like we have to capitalize off that in a monetary way for it to be like a valid career choice um my response to that seems to be to not show anyone ever and that's like my mm. way of um figuring out what I like but mm. we're trying to trying to make the circle of influence around what it should end up being really small so that I can just kind of let it take shape in a in a less pressurized environment yeah and I mean um it's um it's really scary putting work out there and that that's something you don't learn in institutions because especially if you're in an institution for a while, for a period of time you start to feel kind of like you're in a bubble and it's a safe i mean hopefully it's a safe bubble and i don't think that's a given um but you know it's going into the institution structure and not going out further and so mm. you start to feel comfortable with that and then you graduate and it's like okay and now your audience is the world <laughs> you know? so so good luck and it's like how yeah. do you teach this and and also that you can make art for yourself for an audience of one which is yourself you know that, that and it doesn't need to go to festivals it doesn't need to go mm make money yeah yeah like I felt I felt me personally I felt so insulated in, when I was training at UNICEF and everything I made had the kind of um the fact that it was all a big experiment mm -hmm. made me feel quite I mean I, I was always very obsessive over what I was making and very emotional about what I was making so if I felt like it wasn't moving towards what I had envisioned for it I was quite probably difficult <laughs> to um to well I found myself difficult to manage but um I think the fact that from what I can what I seem to be getting is that the, our industry here is so small that it feels like whenever I put something out it's like a definitive statement on my interests or mm. on my uh, aesthetic style or you know any number of things and uh, because it's so hard as well to make something and to get it to the stage where it is finished and ready to be put out that like when I do put like the one thing I have put out that I only have one thing ever in the world that that I think people have seen that I have done that is like is really funny to me because I by the time that we put that out it already moved so far away from mm. what I was exploring there to something completely the stuff I'm doing right now feels really different to me but that's like the only kind of um example of any work that I make and so it just ends up making me feel sometimes a little bit frozen because uh it's like I can't let the work exist as what it is it needs to exist as like the the breadth of my capabilities or a whole bunch of other different things which it doesn't need to because if you're trying to make something that can be everything you're gonna I feel like end up making kind of nothing mm -hmm. mm. but that's kind of what happens in my um perspective from my perspective but um yeah it's it's really scary and also trying to do that on top of like making things on top of having a full-time job or trying to pay for other things and then pay the studio space and like getting dances together and asking people to do work when you can't pay you know like how do you establish yourself when you're starting from ground zero and there's no money yeah. and it's all coming from yourself and then also to be confident enough artistically to have a definitive vision and seeing that through the end and you know it just requires like all these different things it doesn't surprise me that people find it so difficult or that i found it so difficult yeah <clears throat> to to that do you feel like there is enough 
support out there for for especially recent graduates and if like if so what and if not what do you feel like mm. off the top of your head is needed in terms of support uh i don't know i mean i would say there definitely could be more support but i also i feel like for me personally i have gotten I was really lucky. I uh, have gotten a residency for new graduates, um, which has just like this was the first kind of round that they've put up. Mm. Um, so like I know things are being put in place to help people and I feel incredibly really lucky for that. And it's really given me something to hold on to this mm. year is like that residency has kind of been the thing that I've been like shaping all my plans around and working mm. towards um mm. but like i would say it would make such a big difference if there was more accessible studio space um affordable studio space mm. um the places that i have been able to afford every time i've tried to go and book them they've been completely booked out because it's like one spot that mm. people are always using and um I guess, yeah, I actually think that that is a big thing that really tends to get missed is that it's so hard to make things when you can barely afford to get into a room to make them in the first place. Mm -hmm. and the amount of time it requires to make something of high quality usually is hours and hours and hours and hours. And um, when you're paying for that yourself, it adds this extra huge financial pressure to whatever you're making. And I think it makes you less likely to take risks Mm -hmm. and um, mm. let yourself fail at things which I think is super necessary because you can literally count how much it's you can tell how much mm. it's costing you you're also mm. aware of the fact that if you're asking people to work with you or for you before you have been able to fund things which is kind of necessary I've been discovering to build an artistic portfolio is you have to do some stuff for free, which again is like another form of privilege if you can mm -hmm. do that stuff for free and have it not literally, you know, completely affect your day to day life. Um, yeah. It all becomes like this big, like I've been saving up all year to do these projects that I'm going to be doing next year because I don't like haven't been able to get funding for anything because I haven't got anything to show because I haven't mm -hmm. started yet mm -hmm. making mm -hmm. things. So it just ends up becoming this self-fulfilling kind of circle. And I've been really lucky that I've had people help me for free. Mm -hmm. um, but I also don't like asking people to help me for free. And then it becomes confusing. Yeah. It's just like, a, I would say a big thing is like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Maybe just providing a space with, that people can use, new graduates can use, and maybe more, it would be nice to see uh, more talk around, I guess, like funding and figuring out how to make that jump from literally having nothing to, you know, mm. having those resources at your disposal, because it's really hard to figure out how to get there if you've never done any of it before. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that thing of like when you're going for your first job, they want you to have experience at another job, but you're trying to find yeah. your first job, yeah. and it's just it's, yeah. like, it's exactly. like what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and like, <laughs> so then you get a a job that is like perhaps not within the realm of what you want to be doing, and you just keep trying to get out of it. So you're just mm. never where you want to be. <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah, like, I have a very specific idea of what I want to do. And I've managed to pick the thing that seems to be the most, <laughs> like, want, wanting to make, like, dance film work. And um, the amount of, like, the actual amount of resources that go into getting something like a dance film made and you know the amount of people it takes to put a, a project together and how important it is to have that on board so like 
I've kind of made peace with this idea that maybe all just my plan is to just work a full-time job and then pay for everything and um maybe that will be like the first three years of like three or five years of like getting out is just like if I can't access funding it's just to like work so that I can pay for the projects myself which is like I mean I'm not a really mentally healthy (laughs) approach right like you're just working yourself into the ground in order to make art yeah 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 well it's hard though because it's not sustainable no but I really want to make the things that I want to make the way I want to make them and I know that sounds like kind of a bratty thing to say but um I do figure that like if I decided to do this and I've decided to like put all my time and resources and my life towards like making these things that I want to make I'm gonna try my very hardest to get it as close to the thing that I've envisioned as possible because otherwise um if I'm spending yeah I don't know I just uh I just really feel like this is sorry this is going to be a bit of a side step but like I do always think about the fact that I will just die one day and I'm doing this because I have something in my head that I really want to make and that is the thing that I feel like I really want to do with my life so I'm going to try and do it properly as close to the thing that I've imagined as possible otherwise I might as well just go and pick something else and do something else because again I like I said I really struggle with having those (laughs) middle grounds for things but because the thing with funding is applying for funding there's so many parameters and guidelines that you have to fit that might not work for your project and then you have to ask yourself is it worth sacrificing an aspect of my project and my integrity so that i can actually do it in the first place yeah there's no gap between that i am very hesitant to make anything if it requires me watering it down to the point where it's not what I had it's not being made for the right reasons anymore and um the the it's a bit of a crude way to get there but the way I seem to figure out is literally just to put all my throw all my resources at it until it until I'm satisfied with it and I again I'm really glad that I had to Put a halt on throwing things out there into the world because I'm sl- like slowing my distilling the creative process and then like really focusing on what I want to say with my output has given me a lot more direction mm-hmm. um, as an artist than I feel like I had when I just graduated and was in a big panic mm-hmm. and cut all my hair off and cried all the time. <laughs> yeah so I think that that leads really nicely well (laughs) nicely is a strange word but that leads into the question of like has there been a time when you've struggled with your mental health and if you feel comfortable sharing that and how Mm -hmm. you managed it um, or even Mm -hmm. if you didn't manage it you know what what did you do? Um, yeah. Um, well, I think, not to get too, like, down, Debbie Downo, but, like, uh, I've just always really struggled with my mental health. And so it almost feels like, weirdly, I was really well equipped for this moment because I've mm-hmm. been doing, like, a kind of very cobbled together approach of kind of self self-shepherding myself throughout through these really low periods of my Mm. life um and so I guess it was this weird thing when we graduated and then everything got cancelled I was like this is exactly what I've been preparing for my whole life (laughs) (laughs) I'm so ready for this moment of like I don't know it was weird like I handled it better than I thought I would because um uh, I've always feel like I've been in a kind of situation where I've been like 
like all throughout the degree that I did and everything just really having to coach myself through and be like willing to be um disappointed or to be embarrassed or to be sad and then kind of still keep going which again maybe that's not super healthy but that is I've just always found that like that making stuff like I love I'm really grateful for the fact for the fact that I can channel that into something mm. like making work and um can you say the question again so I can figure out? Oh, well, I, I, I was wondering, like, um, if there was a specific time or, but uh, you've already kind of answered that, but then also just like, what are some of your techniques? I, I really appreciate oh, the use yes. of the word yes. self-shepherding rather than self-care, because self-care is like yes. such a buzzword right now, but like yeah. self-shepherding is so good. It is definitely like a feeling of like I'm hurting myself, like I am. <laughs> I am the farmer, but I am also the sheep. Yeah. And I am also the sheep dog. Yeah. Like running yeah. around the sheep. There's like different, I'm yeah. going to sound interesting, but it's like there are like three different voices in my head. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> being like, you know, no, and then being like, yes. And I'm just kind of used to having that back and forth with myself of like, on the one hand being like, oh God, you're like horrifically embarrassing yourself right now. And then this kind of like other voice in my head is being like, <laughs> <laughs> do it anyway and that is yeah. kind of how I've like managed but I think I this is gonna sound so backwards but I remind myself of the fact that I'm gonna die all the time I just sit mm -hmm. there I'm like you're gonna die one day and that's how I fall asleep and <laughs> that sounds so bad but uh it really just puts like the thing in perspective of like the embarrassing things or like the the low periods of just being like it I would rather fall on my face and kind of fall closer to what I'm trying to do than like hermetically you know seal myself mm. into a, a box that that can't ever do anything wrong so it kind of allows me to be at peace mm. and with those feelings of like feeling like this is all too hard and freelancing is hard and I don't know what I'm doing and like let's I don't dismiss those feelings but I do kind of sit with them and just let them be what they are and then not fighting that kind of allows me to move through it a bit more smoothly than if mm. I was trying mm. to show or pretend to be like really on top of things all the time and I also um with the projects that I'm working on, I do just really celebrate the really small wins. Mm. Um, I really sit there and I'm like, I wrote three sentences that I liked and I will just be so glad that I got those three sentences out mm. because, you know, that's exciting when you can write even a single word or make a single thing that you like. I find that to be like an incredible big win. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. I... Mm. I just really like let those milestones like carry me and I think about everything in a kind of day-to-day -day sort of yeah. way rather than being like oh god this is all so big and so far mm. away because mm -hmm. when I do do that which of course I do sometimes it all spirals mm -hmm. very quickly yeah. so yeah those are like the main things that I do yeah and I reach out to people I have people that I'm also in the same boat as me and that helps to to know that like other people are feeling the things that you're feeling and you're not alone in that yeah yeah um well that is amazing because my computer just told me oh you're out of disk space so the recording has stopped <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much for joining us um virtually which is you know is what it is um <laughs> wish we had been able to you know sit at a table together for this but it's just been so inspiring to listen to you and um yeah to have this moment of you know connection in the face of a global pandemic <laughs> um and thank you for for being yeah for being open because i think ultimately 
you know, there is so much power in hearing someone say, I have struggled with my mental health, you know, because it reminds us that we're not alone in that struggle. <laughs>